You're listening to The Green Country, a fantasy storytelling podcast where each episode introduces a new character, creature, or facet of this fantastical land. These stories follow the course of Queen Alyssa's centennial tour of her kingdom. Every 100 years, the long-lived monarch travels throughout her overgrown forest realm, meeting its inhabitants and seeing its sights. Join me each week as we explore a new and fascinating aspect of this lush, expansive world. You can learn more at www.thegreen.country, and I invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks for listening. Cackerel's Keep, Chapter 5 Garin followed the stairway up, a winding ascent into greater darkness. Goldmane, his sunsword, felt sweaty in his grip as he climbed. The trial of the maskbirds had taken a toll on him, yet the strange talisman he recovered from their foul lair had given him renewed strength, however mysterious. The tower was silent save for his footsteps and the low, rhythmic sound of his breath. Above him, there glowed a halo of light in the gloom. He felt he must be nearing the top of the tower. Perhaps the subtle glow he perceived shone forth from that high chamber which crowned the dark structure. Perhaps, within the zenith of the keep, waited a man most malevolent, a man given over to cruelty. These thoughts swam within Garin's mind as he drew near to the light, the opening to that high room. His movements slowed, and his leather shoes stepped soundlessly on the cold flagstones as he rounded the circular edge of the tower. He strained forward, ears hoping to catch any sound, any evidence of the room's occupancy. Yet he heard nothing. He hung there for a minute, then a minute more, and waited until he was mollified that no one moved about therein. Then... Summoning his strength, he inhaled a deep breath and rounded the corner, stepping into the brightness of the room. His eyes quickly scanned the surroundings, aching to perceive any threat, and he found none. He loosened the tautness of his caution and drew into his vision the room before him once more with a slower eye. It appeared he had emerged into Cackerel's study. The place was cavernous, a great workspace proliferated with tables, bookcases, and shelves of strange equipment. Above him, there jutted a massive candelabra from which sprouted numerous candles that burned with a disconcerting reddish glow. The whole picture looked utterly wrong to Garin, and he quickly realized this was because the candles pointed downwards, their flames thrust towards the ground in a blasphemous defiance of gravity's law. He stepped forward into the chamber, and his eyes played across the various tables, experiments, and unexplainable strangeness that lay strewn about. Vials lay in racks, inside them swirling what appeared to be potions and brews animated with a disconcerting life. A great workbook lay open on what Garin presumed to be the central workbench 
Its pages were heavy with tight, tiny script, and esoteric diagrams and sketches abound on the yellowed vellum. There was writing in no alphabet that Garin could discern, though he was certain their meaning could be nothing but nefarious. He lost himself for a moment, gazing in a kind of sickening wonder at the laboratory of a man who he knew to be so vile. Then, suddenly, behind him, a sound shattered his awareness and sent an icy panic down his spine. He whirled round, expecting some terrible assailant, some undead beast, yet his eyes found none of these things. It took him a moment to locate the source of the shuffling noise he had heard, and he raised Goldmane once more in anticipation of some brutal attack. Yet all he saw was a toad, large in size, but altogether non-threatening. The amphibian had locked his vision on Garin, though its look had no hint of malice to it. Garin wondered at the creature. Could it be a pet of Cackerel? Or perhaps it was some dark familiar sent forth to work some spiteful magic on him. Yet none of these presumptions rang true, and he found himself wondering if the toad was nothing more than a simple interloper, having found its way into Cackerel's decrepit old tower. Its bulging eyes remained locked on him with a gentle persistence. It was old, and there was an uncanny knowing and deep wisdom in its swampy gaze. In the far tower, Cackerel watched the scene, which played hazily on a corroded mirror he stood before. Damnable toad, he snapped to himself. No matter how many times I destroy the foul thing, it returns. No matter. The brute in red armor will soon be in my clutches. Cackerel's roomy eyes traced to a window slit in the wall facing him. Through it, he could see the adjacent tower where Garin currently explored. It would only be a matter of time until Garin discovered the door which opened onto the high walkway which bridged the two towers of Cackerel's keep. All he had to do was wait. A man of Garin's ilk knows nothing of creativity or cunning only how to move forward with the simplest of steps. A coughing, spiteful laugh escaped Cackerel's chapped maw as he envisioned the Red Knight's death. Garin continued his exploration of Cackerel's study, leaving the mysterious toad alone for the time being. Upon entering the chamber, he had spied a heavy door set into the wall at the far side of the circular room. He was certain the portal would bring him closer to Cackerel, initiating their final conflict. Perhaps this was why he tarried in the laboratory of the doomed warlock. Garin knew Cackerel to be cunning and cruel, and there was an uncertainty in his heart as to the outcome of their meeting. If he could find something amid the confusion of potions, spellbooks, and arcane items to give him an edge. But no. Garen Spirehelm could make no sense of the eldritch accessories that surrounded him. He was no simpleton, yet his ways were simple and direct. An idea bloomed in his mind, and his next action was clear. His hand traced to a sheaf of parchment that lay on the table before him, 
and as he grasped it, he locked eyes on the bewitched chandelier that hung inverted above the room's center. Regardless of who would claim victory today, Garin would inflict an infuriating wound on Kakarol. He swiftly strode to the middle of the chamber and thrust the bundled papers aloft, plunging them into the chandelier's flames. The paper caught fire immediately, and Garin gritted his teeth with satisfaction as he watched Kakarol's laborious script blackening to ash. Then he moved from table to bookcase, from scroll case to tapestry, spreading flames across all the collected knowledge and ephemera that Kakarol prized so dearly. From his witching mirror, Kakarol watched the flames spread across his sanctum, and he was white with fury. He uttered curses and spittle foamed at his lips as he shrieked with rage. The fire was growing around Garin, and now full bookcases blazed wildly. Massive tomes penned by the dread sorcerer were consumed in mere minutes, a decade's worth of exertion expunged in mere moments by the impartial flame, who favors not the taste of wood over the sick litany of a man's wanton toils. Garin cast his eyes to the table, suddenly remembering the toad, but the creature had disappeared. Good, he thought. Go far from this place, far as you can. The blaze grew higher around him, the burning heat promising to him at least this unholy bastion would be cleansed. Then he moved through the flames to that far door and flung it wide. Cool night air rushed in, fanning the flames higher, and Garin stepped out onto a bridge of metal lattice which spanned between the two towers. The wind whipped around him, and he glanced downward, but could not spy the earth beneath the mists which swirled there. Once again his solar blade, Goldmane, awakened in his grip, and he fixed his eyes on the door which lay open a crack, beckoning to him across the bridge. No sooner than he had stepped forward than something began to materialize in the air before him. The hunched form of the necromancer danced into being there on the bridge. The man's wide eyes swelled with hatred, and slowly he raised a quaking, skeletal hand in Garin's direction. The knight in red spoke a silent prayer to all that is good in the green country, and took another step forward. If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening!